You expect a lot of safety stuff. There he goes. On the run, he's got room. Inside the five, Quintendon wins it. So content. Tied at 28 against a four and five team from the FCS. And here goes Montreal Washington. An offside penalty against the Gators. Time for the pocket. Wide open, Mike. And he throws wide open. It's complete and all the way down the sideline. Michael Weiss, touchdown. Hodges wants to air it out. Caught and into the end zone for a touchdown. Hand off to the back of the end zone. Intercepted. Welcome to the State of the Bulldogs, a podcast about all things Sanford. From Bobby Bowden to Mr. Beeson and everything in between, we bring you a show on a talent-filled and tradition-rich university that just so happens to play in the SEC's daddy, the SoCon. I'm Sam, and as always, I'm joined by Mike and Jeb. We had a great early National Signing Day, signing 15 guys to the class. A nice mix of high school recruits and immediate impact transfers. Basketball non-conference for the SOCON officially ended Thursday night. The SOCON almost went out with multiple bangs as Wofford upset the Aggies in College Station, which was hype, but UTC and ETSU both fell to their SEC foes by razor-thin margins. On the other hand, Sanford went out with a whimper and needs to regroup heading into conference play. Our dogs are on a seven-game losing skid and most recently laid an egg against Belmont on Wednesday night. Getting healthy and our minds right will be top priority for Coach Bucky as we kick off SOCON play against Mercer after Christmas. And tonight, for the first time in our young podcast history, we have a guest. NFL prospect. SOCON football conference champion, three-year starter, five-year playmaker, proud son of the SIP, and a leader for our Sanford Bulldogs, we have defensive lineman Mr. Tay Barry. Tay, welcome to the show, man. We are excited to have you and get your thoughts on what's going on with our dogs and around the league. Yeah, welcome. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be a part of this part of the uh, podcast, this episode, so I'm ready to get everything rolling. Yeah, let's get it. So first segment, guys, we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas tradition. It's Christmas time, one of the best times of the year. Tay, why don't you kick us off with your favorite Christmas tradition? All right, I'll start off by saying it's like probably my favorite thing about Christmas is being able to go back home to Mississippi to see all my family. And it's just that like being away, being in Birmingham, being 3,030 minutes away from home, being able to go home and just reconvene and like see all the people that I haven't seen in a few months is a big part of like Christmas for me. And to hit like a little bit of like a tradition side, I would say that my family doesn't do the traditional Christmas food. Okay. We're into more of like doing steaks for Christmas. And I think like my family started this probably like oh, baby. two to three years ago. And it's just something that I I love about Christmas, like I get to go home, get to see everybody, get to have me a nice juicy steak with some nice toppings and nice sides, all those like good things that go along with a steak. There's nothing better than family and steak. No. They're probably not serving up steaks in the calf, are they at Sanford? <laughs> I mean they try to. They try to like Yeah, it's not real steak. I mean, it's <laughs> not the thing that you would want. I mean you'd be chewing for days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
What about you, Mike? What do the Wilsons yeah. do on Christmas? The Wilsons sticking sticking to the food. We uh, my dad makes Christmas breakfast every every year, and um, it's like the same thing every year. You know, bacon, eggs, sausage. Uh, he he makes homemade uh, eggs Benedict, which is my my favorite part. He does scrambled eggs instead of like an over easy, which I prefer. But then, like watching him make the hollandaise, the homemade hollandaise sausage, is just hilarious because he's got his like old school cookbook that he bought back probably before he met my mom and he's like (laughs) hyper focused on it if we try to talk to him while he's making the holiday he yells at us so that's my favorite tradition uh very intense about the sauce very intense about the sauce i mean it really makes the whole thing but it's my favorite meal of the year so i mean that's fair i appreciate i appreciate what he does for the family (laughs) we do steak for dinner too but the breakfast is what i dang two families with the steak I know the Gebhards. I know the Gebhards aren't that spicy. What do y'all do, Jeb? <laughs> what, what's with the uh, the Gebhard <laughs> talk? There? I love y'all so much. I can't be. I try to be anti, or I try to unbias myself. So I gotta show a little hate. So um, yeah, we we we'll probably do a tenderloin, but every year we have ham as well. So that's <clears throat> oh, the so uh, that's riding the fence right there. Yeah, the classic. With the, yeah, it's the classic. With what everybody Christmas. should be doing. It's classic Christmas. Um, you know, we'll have family over, and we'll just put a fire on and hang out. And it sounded like there's going to be a lot of food this year, so I've been asked to invite some others over. But still who's making the cut? To see who's making the cut? Yeah. What kind of cut? Are we talking who's about steak invited? cuts? Or are we talking? <laughs> and I was like, we'll who's, see. Who's cutting the steak? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, who's no, cutting who's the steak? Invited? Are we talking about a specific cut of steak? Who's yeah. not getting invited? Let's actually go there. I was invited. Were you not invited, Sam? I was not invited. I There's I'm no stuck. way you guys are driving, so sorry <laughs> you didn't get the invite. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Even with the weather, you know, your flight might get canceled. But uh yeah, it's we'll see. I mean, a lot of people will be out of town, so it'll be hard, but Looking forward to it. Um, hope it's a relaxing weekend. Looks like we have some NFL football on and uh, fantasy yeah, football nice playoffs too. So, Well, for some of us. I don't know anything about Not that. Not all of us are so lucky like you. Tay, are oh, you still right. alive in your fantasy? Do you play fantasy football? Uh, I do play fantasy, but one of my leagues, my team didn't – well, both of the leagues, my team didn't do so good, but – I actually got one of the leagues. I made like a little sneak into the um, the playoffs, and I might upset a, p- a few guys that was actually balling in the regular okay. season. So I made a sneak into it, but the other one uh, I didn't do too well. T- I no had shot. A few injuries. T- some players didn't perform. It was just yeah, it was iffy. <laughs> some <laughs> players didn't perform. It was iffy. Yeah, I tend to pick those players. Yeah, same. I'm in four uh, leagues for, and made the playoff in zero. No, I made the playoff. You didn't in make one, the playoffs at all in any league you're in. I made it in our Yahoo league, but I, I lost in the first round. That's uh, okay. I've I've made it like one time in our Yahoo league, so congratulations, Mike. Thanks, Sam. Sam, what's your Christmas tradition? So we have a lot of traditions. Uh, obviously, as we get older, our traditions change. We don't, you know, go to our grandparents in Texas every year anymore, which is sad. But one thing that's been fun, as all of my siblings have gotten older and we're all able to legally drink, is my brother, who's also pretty much like he and my sister are kind of the family chefs. He makes an eggnog 
whiskey milkshake, which is incredible. We use Bluebell ice cream, a nice whiskey or bourbon. We usually splurge for a better eggnog. So, guys, this is like a top of the line eggnog milkshake. This uh, it sounds like one expensive drink. We don't spare on the calories. In what this. what kind of bourbon do you use? That's the biggest question. Are we allowed to talk about that mm-hmm. since we're a Sanford podcast? Um, maybe. Well, maybe let's not say an actual brand. We'll just keep it. We're not, you know, <laughs> we're not sponsored. We don't want to give anybody free advertising. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, let's just say you know it's not low shelf, if that's even a saying. It's yeah, about bo- bottom shelf. shelf is the, the bottom shelf. Term. Thank you. See, I don't even go there, so I don't know what. The <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't know exactly. <laughs> So yeah, that's our that's our fun tradition. Um, it, it can be a wild night sometimes. Okay, so let's get to early National Signing Day. So Sanford signed uh, a total of fifteen guys, about a sixty forty split, forty percent ish, thirty percent ish high school. The other half transfers. So right off the bat, we got three high school linemen. All of them big bodies, big bodies, and a few of them highly sought after. Yeah, all three had D1 offers. Uh, a couple of them had SoCon. Actually, all of them had SoCon offers as well, so it was cool to, to ink those guys and pull them away from our rivals. Yeah, because the first step of a, of a playoff run is winning your conference. And if we're taking the guys that everybody else in the conference wants, that's a good sign. Uh, two guys that stuck out in particular. One was Duncan Johnson. So Duncan Johnson – had childhood cancer at like three or four years old. Hmm. So he has wow. a very inspiring story, right? Like rising from that, I mean, terrible adversity as a kid. And now he's signing a D1 full scholarship offer to play football. Yeah, That kid awesome. has some fight. So we love that guy. Love that story. Uh, rooting for Duncan Johnson. And then the other kid, much more lighthearted here, uh, Noah Watts has a nickname is nicknamed cornbread now that isn't confirmed that is an unofficial we're, we're going to try to confirm it we're going to try to confirm it with duncan himself or noah yeah, himself we'll, we'll get him um, on the pod to talk about we'll it get him on the pod. but i just love that offensive line nicknamed cornbread you know that kind of i think it i think it highlights his strong work ethic blue collar mentality but then also just his size. I mean, no one no one calls a little kid cornbread. <laughs> and we pulled him away from Chattanooga, so. And that is always a That's point. the kicker. Because UTC is usually a school where the rich get richer, and it's always nice to steal somebody they want. Absolutely. So we also about, signed uh, a – Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to run down the list, but who do you want to spot? Well, I was going to say, we're moving on to the, uh, the transfer bucket – yeah, so this the next few guys on this list are all transfers, uh, or two transfers, and we'll go back to the high school. So Will Thorley, punter from Australia, always fun to have an Aussie punter. Did he play rugby? I, I think, or was he just? I have no idea. What's that, Tay? I think that when they get like punished from over there, they go to this like academy, like pro kick. Really? We had yeah, a, there's like our okay. punter that came in when I was at my my freshman year, Brad Porcelato. He was from Australia, and he was. He said a dude came from the same academy he went to, pro kick or something like that. 
Yeah, there's a lot of guys like SEC too, and probably NFL guys that there's some like punting, like kicking academy in Australia, which sounds super. Because I imagine they don't play a ton of American football over there, so it's all like with the intent of getting guys over here to to play college ball. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, it'll be fun to watch him play. Hopefully, he punts really well. <laughs> uh, the next kid is high school. Jackson Beatty, Mountain Brook local guy, runs a four five four six forty, wide receiver. You know, kind of on the smaller end. It would be awesome if he could emulate Kendall Watson's game because Kendall is a beast. But we'll see. I mean, you know, similar frame. Kendall got bulky. Maybe Jackson puts on some puts on some muscle and he's just a freaking rocket out there. We'll see. Yeah, that's one area we really need to restock because we're losing two thousand yard receivers. Um, yeah, that's Jack not Cro- easy Cockett, to replace. He had four hundred yards and four touchdowns. So, um, obviously, the hatch attack, good receiver core is is pretty important. Which very important. sounds like they've targeted that pretty heavily uh, so far in the early early signing period. But it's cool yeah, to get so a guy got, from Mountain Brook. Yeah, exactly. Local guy. So he's a high school uh, wide receiver that we got. And then we plug some holes uh, with some experienced transfer, transfers, and we'll get to them. Uh, the next guy they mentioned was Thad Rancier. Rancer. I'm going to butcher some of these names. I'm sorry, Thad. Uh, you look like a beast. Another guy from the SIP. We love the guys from Mississippi. There's just something. They're just built different. <laughs> Dad looks like one of those guys. Uh, he's huge, plays defensive end, and he. What I love is he's not a transfer. It's like this kid's going to get four or five years at Sanford, and we're going to have time to groom. That's awesome. The next guy down, another Mississippi guy, transfer, Darian King, offensive line. Michael, I think you had a note on this guy. Uh, yeah. So funny story. I've got a friend that, that graduated from Stanford with us who put together, he's like become a big Stanford sports fan like us. And so he put together like a, a list actually of all of our offers for, for the transfer guys. We had like 65 guys that we offered. He ranked them from, he created like his own ranking system, ranked them from one to 65. Anyways, this guy, um, let me find him on the list. He was ranked number 19 on, on my friend Josh's ranking list. Uh, so behind, behind or beside every name, he's got like position, school, like prior school, years of eligibility left, and then last year's stats. This guy didn't have any stats next to his name. All it says, all caps, pancakes. <laughs> That's awesome. So apparently That's this guy, awesome. it's like you, Sam, right? They're all about Just that plows. pancake game. I yeah. wish, dude. I wish. In an alternate universe, maybe that's – I'm putting all of my hopes and dreams in my son, and I'm going to live vicariously through him because that's super healthy. As long as he goes to UT. As long as he goes to Oklahoma or Sanford. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so wide receiver played with Michael Hires, E.J. Mason from Northwest Mississippi Community College. Big-bodied receiver. Looks to be an immediate impact player, question mark. Already has the chemistry with the quarterback. Obviously a playmaker. How do y'all feel? I say, I mean, I'm pretty sure that <clears throat> coming from Northwest with Mike, they want, I'm pretty sure they won a national championship while they was in okay, North. Well, that's a lot of chemistry done. So I'm pretty sure they're like somewhat like jailed together. And this kid is one of the kids that I think 
he's from where I'm like, like the central part of Mississippi where I'm from. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I'm pretty sure he's like one of those guys that was like had some big offers coming out of high school. And I just think something happened and he had to go to JUCO. I'm not sure what what it was. He probably sure. just wanted to go to JUCO to see if he can get bigger offers. So that's probably one reason he went to JUCO. Well, all right. Well, that's exciting then. I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably hit. safe to say that Michael had a hand in getting him here. It's I would doubt that the coaches didn't ask him what this guy was like. That would seem weird. Uh, so that's exciting. And then we got uh, another transfer, DB. Jaden, so we had a few DB transfers, right? We had Jaden Mosley, who came from Hutchinson Community College. We had Cameron Smith from Charleston Southern, and Tyrese Ross from South Carolina, an SEC guy who also played at Washington State, I think. So Tay, hmm. we send guys to the league on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. We send D linemen, we send DBs, and wide receivers primarily. Print pretty vocal on Twitter. Can we name ourselves DBU? I can say that, yeah. I'm pretty sure we could. <laughs> I mean, we could be called DBU. We could probably be called just like, I don't know, like the I don't know. Because I mean, we put guys in there from all we over. We put the some sport. dudes in the league. Yeah, it's like, and then we're not putting just no, anybody in the league. Like, if you get there, you get there, you're going to make a yeah. statement in the NFL. Just like, yeah, we put some all pros in there. Yeah, like I met. Mike Pierce, who was a well, he who's here. I mean, mm-hmm. I I really met like the other guys, but like well, Ben at Sanford, like my freshman year, I was on the team with Devin Hodges, who played. I was on the team team with KJ. I was on the team with Amaya Gooden. Those two, those three guys were on the same team, and they all got a chance at the NFL. Amaya is still playing. KJ is still playing. I'm not sure if Duck's still playing or not. I think Duck retired. Yeah, he retired like a year ago. But he yeah. like won a couple games for the Steelers starting yeah, he, quarterback. Yeah, he came in actually, yeah, that was and, awesome. And then he went CFL, and then um, seeing uh, then like Montreal, like playing with Montreal, and Montreal yeah. was a guy that was like electrifying, like a like a a big time return Dude. man. And you see that, yes, he affects them. Like he affects teams in it. Like now, like they won't punt him the ball in the NFL because they know that he can actually turn. Uh, he could give a team a twenty yards, something like. So like they won't punt him the ball as much. Just like being on this team, you see that Sanford is Sanford is not Bama that we probably won't have. Like, first <laughs> well, you're right. Time. We we actually made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're uh, but Sanford is a team that you can just like. All right, you come here, you get a good shot of playing. You get a good chance to play football, get a good education, and you also get a good shot at playing at the next level if you do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really yeah. cool to see those guys go to the NFL because, like, coming in, you know, out of high school, I didn't know what Sanford was until I was maybe a sophomore, junior, and, and certainly didn't follow Sanford football. And then you get there and you realize that you got all these big time players that make the league and, and have like prominent careers. It's it's really exciting. No, it is, especially since we're reading off these new guys. Like, who knows? One, one, two, yeah, three, who's, four. Who's, who's they next? might be in the league in a couple years. Uh, so we got four guys left. We got the two pin guys. Now, Jeb, I know you were excited about these guys. We got RJ Starkey, wide receiver, and then Garrett Morris, linebacker. What do you like about these guys, Jeb? I was just reading the list, Sam, and I was thinking to myself, are these guys friends or something? You know, what did one decide to transfer? And then the other guy was like, all right, man, I'm coming with you. 
but no, yeah, I'm excited. But big yeah, I'm looking forward to you know having another uh, Starkey at the wide opposition, and mm-hmm. Garrett Morris looks like a baller at linebacker. So. Yeah, Garrett Morris looks like a stud. Yeah. Ten tackles for loss last year, two sacks. It's still, you know, it's not an FBS to FCS, right? The Ivy League still plays in the FCS, so still an FCS transfer. Um, but it is cool to see that, and I look forward to watching them at Sanford and hope they have a great career. Uh, and then these last two guys, I'm especially excited for. Demonta Witherspoon, running back from Murray State. This guy, like, I know it's the hatch attack. I know we pass the ball. Please hand this guy the ball because he looks like a playmaker. And we're losing uh, Jalen Thomas, so. Oh, Jalen. So there's right, an opening. Right, Tay? Yeah, we're losing Jalen. And it's just so like, even though we pass the ball so much, whenever we can get the running game going, teams don't know what to expect from the hatch yeah. attack. Oh, 100%. That's the best part. And that's why this kid, like anytime you can just stack the room or have an opportunity to stack the room is always a good day. Even when you're one more guy in the box is one less guy in coverage. And then the last guy, Marvin field, Elon D line Tay. I think they targeted this guy to replace you. because (laughs) He's big. He's going to be plug in the middle. We always need more D linemen. We can never have enough D line. True, true, true. And I'm pretty sure they, they had to go get more because they lost what we lost two, me and Seth, two seniors. It's a big factor when you have when you lose two guys on the defensive line, you just have to bring a man and replace us. So it's just like this yeah. part of college football. No, hundred uh, percent. I mean, we were watching the North Dakota State game, right? Those guys. Now the running backs. That's who they were cycling in and out. Uh, but they probably had five or six backs that they just kept cycling. If we could yeah. get to the point. Maybe George is a better comparison. If we could get to the point where we're cycling D linemen in and out without skipping a beat, that is when you know that Sanford is competing for national titles. Yeah, it just that's something like this year. I would say we like, this year we had like a pretty good depth on a defensive line. Like we and they like made sure that we had that when like the coaching staff came in, it was like, all right, we got to make sure we got guys so like we don't have like this big downfall. When mm-hmm. our starters come out the game, and that's what they did, and like Gosh came, Gosh showed up to play. Like we had some younger guys that actually were getting playing time, and it's just like the more depth you have, the more guys you can roll. The fresher your starters will be going into the fourth quarter, the longer they can play. You don't want to put your starters out there for seventy plays a game yeah. and be burnt out. Come towards the end no, of the year, yeah. it's just like the more like players that you can rotate, if like new like fresh legs on third down trying to rush the passer it's just like all that plays into a fact of like success and that's one thing that we did this year like if i was out there for six for like four or five plays and then a big third down come down like come on like he probably sub us out because like all right he needs some fresh legs some guys that's gonna get out to the like get out the passers third and long we got to get home if a guy been out there for five six plays i'm pretty sure he probably doesn't have as much energy as a guy that's just been standing here watching that guy out there for, for five to six plays. And it's just something yeah. that rotation and, like, putting guys in was a major factor in how we were successful. In oh, dude, yeah. This year. And, like, like you said, like, Georgia, those guys have guys, like, stacked. Like, if somebody go – like, <laughs> you're, you probably have somebody on the bench right, right now at Georgia. 
that's probably like better than the starter that they have. Like it'll be soon better than their starter, but like, uh-huh. it's just like the type it's of scary. program. It's the type of program that Georgia is. Like you got four and five stars, four and five stars that if a four and five star get hurt, a four and five star is replacing it for like that's like that's how like, it's not like yeah, they never really have a drop off. They got guys with their special teams that can come in to any t- like any FCS team and and play. But at Georgia, they can't. It's just a different ty- different type of guys. But some of them might come to FCS level and still won't play. It just you never know. Like you never know what you get when you're like going against like Georgia, any of those like schools. <clears throat> no, that's I mean, true. Sanford has a history of competing with those guys, though. Like I don't. You know, we haven't beaten oh. any of those SEC teams, but since our freshman year, like I can we have think come about so close, so many Auburn, times. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Mississippi State, Florida oh. last year. Like we come in and like always massive underdogs, but it's always a fun game to watch. Yeah, my freshman year when we played uh, Florida State. Oh, yeah, that's right. That. that was one of the games that I was like, Ooh. Ooh. I was like, hey, but like that was one of the games where my like, coach looked at me and was like, all right, you probably have to go in here. Guys are getting hurt. I was like, Ooh, all right. Coming from high school, like, all right, go in. I, it is what it is. I came to college to play, so that's what it is. Like, how cool is that for <laughs> you, though? Like, yeah, like, true freshman coming in. It's Sanford, it's like, a, you know, in your mind, you were talking about it before we started the podcast that they were small school you didn't really heard of, and all of a sudden you're playing against Florida State who had won a national championship a couple years ago. Like, that's got to be a cool moment for you. Yeah, it was cool. It was, like, actually, like, exciting. Like, you had, like, those, like, like a big adrenaline rush. It was just like, all right, I'm here. Like, I can't believe I'm here. I'm blessed to be here. And it just – being able to play, it just, like, coming in my freshman year, like, some guys that are still at Sanford, like, some of my best friends redshirted because they probably didn't play – or didn't play as much as I played my freshman year. And it's just like, all right, when that happened, I was like, I told my coach, I'm like, I mean, I didn't come here not to be an impact. I came here to play football. And that's just mm-hmm. happening. I mean, been and by like I got an extra year due to COVID, but still it was just like I came here, I came straight in and like started playing and it was something I was blessed with. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later because we definitely want to ask you what was your favorite you know non conference environment because personally as a fan, the the big SEC or ACC game is always probably the most fun to watch from a pure fan perspective. But yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But before we wrap up, you know, Sanford had a great sign. It seems like a great signing day. It's always hard to say with the FCS. It's all about development. There aren't, you know, rivals rankings or 24-7 rankings or stars. Like, we might sign a three-star every now and then, but for the most part, we don't really know what we got until they're, like, sophomores, juniors. And then when they're all SoCon, it's like, oh, we we hit right there. Um, and now, before we one, – one quick thing, Mike. On, on, your, on Josh's list, who was number one? Did we sign number one? Dude, I got so excited because I was looking at it wrong, and I thought we got this guy. And I was looking at mm. so let me just let me just tell you number one on the on the ranking. He had running back, two hundred twenty carries for fifteen hundred yards, eighteen total touchdowns last year. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, who's oh, that? that guy's a beast? Uh, his name's Shunderick Powell from North Alabama. Uh, oh, I don't know where he ended up committing to, but for a second Somewhere I thought he good. could. Yeah, not Sanford. 
Not Sanford. And then Gage Larvidane. Tay, you might know him. He was at Southeastern Louisiana. uh, Oh, shut up. Receiver. Yeah, that was number one. Was he – I don't remember him specifically in that game. Was he pretty good? Yeah, that was like their, like, go-to receiver, number one. He was the one that – And he's transferring? Yeah, he's transferring. Yeah, I don't know, like a bunch of those guys from the southeastern team is transferring. I don't know what's going on. Really? Yeah, but he's actually like family with the guy on the fo- on our football team. So I'm what? He might, he might he, end up, maybe, he might maybe end up, he hasn't committed anywhere. Yeah, maybe, maybe he hasn't I, signed. Maybe he hasn't signed anywhere. Here, what's his name? We're gonna do a quick real time. Lar- Gage Gage, like G A G E. Yep. Larvadain, L A R V A D A I N. Looks like he hadn't committed anywhere. So maybe, you know, maybe he's still got a chance to come here, which, you know, we've lost so many receivers. It'd be good to. If he has family on the team and it's the hatch attack, it seems like a match made in heaven. You know, join the guys that that kicked out of the playoffs, though. Look, sometimes if you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) All right. Well, maybe we'll get him on an official signing day in March. It's a good point. We've got all these guys that, you know, because I'm looking at right, so we, we had 65 offers out to transfers, and we mm-hmm. got what did we get nine. Yeah. So definitely, and it it does seem because we lost 29 seniors who have graduated, Tay included, uh, and then four guys that were transferring out. So there's certainly a lot of a lot, lot of turnover. holes to fill. Yeah. Yeah. So Tay kind of hit on that. Like all these guys transferring in, we're in a new era of football. Obviously, you know, your first few years at Sanford, we were not 11 and 2 or 11 and 1. This year we were. Kind of like talk to us about how the team came together, how does it, how to play how do players like yourself who were only ever at Sanford welcome those new guys? How do the coaches deal with it? Like kind of talk us through that dynamic. All right, so I start off by saying like when those guys got here, like the older guys on the team, we were all just like welcome those guys with all like open arms because we knew that these guys was only coming here to like make us better, like better our like football team. And it just like mm-hmm. we all just like as as a as a leader should do, we just made sure we led like the correct way. We just brought them in, like showed them the way of like how Sanford football is done. Like this is what they this is how it's gonna get done. But like to hit on like the coaching like, side of things. Like our new coaching staff, like Coach Boom, when all them came in, like they all made it sure that they like inst- like was like instilling into us, like all right, this is how we're gonna do this, like this is exactly how we want it to be done, like it's just like this is what this is the they basically gave us the blueprint, and we just okay. had to like read that blueprint and follow the blueprint, but we still, <laughs> yeah. had, it still had to be like somewhat player led, like you still had to have that player led. Sure. Mentality, because if you didn't have that player-led mentality, so much that a coach can do. Like the coach can tell you all the things that he needs to tell you, but the coach, the coaches are the ones. The coaches are not the ones on the field. You are the ones on the field. So, no. from a player standpoint, that's one. That's one thing that was good with our coach. They actually listened to the players that were playing. They like if something wasn't going right, they was like adjusting to it. And it was just like when those guys got here, we was those guys just. That was like an immediate click. Like those guys that came in, a bunch of those guys are like, will be a brother to me, and it's just something from, especially with this year. Just it may, like we all believed in each other. Like we we had like we basically had the, like mindset of like if you if you believe, you will achieve. And I'm pretty sure like this is the first time I love the effort. 
has been 11 and 1 in a long oh, yeah. time. Like, it was wow. our best season since 1991 or 92. It was like, so, I mean, then, like, you look back at it, like, in the regular season, our only regular season loss was to the na- like, defending national champion. Yeah, number one team. <laughs> I mean, like, and I know you guys as players probably don't care about spread, but as fans, like, we, we watched the spread, right? And the spread. spread was, like, 56 points, and y'all only okay, gave them 33. Whoa, 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 whoa. As fans, we don't care about the spread. As betters, we care about the spread. As fan, winning That's is the only thing that matters. Michael, come on. All right, all right. What was Tay was about to say? He he mentioned spread. What are you going to say? Yes, the spread? We, Y'all cover the spread. It was just like money line. We lose. <laughs> I mean, like we lose. Like when, like that game, we lost. Like everybody was like, "All right, we lost to Georgia. We lost to Georgia early," and we're like, "All right." Then we look back at it. You you lose to Georgia. You turn around and win ten straight games. Like that's not yep. that's not easy to do. And then like especially going through a no. a loaded like SoCon. Like the so like don't get yeah, me no. wrong, the SoCon got some teams in there that could go to other conference and be a conference champion. Like right now, oh yeah, easily, absolutely. Like, yes. You got your you got your, you got well you know who you got you got Chat. You yes. got Mercer. They could have beat almost anybody in America. That's what I'm saying. Like you got Chat Mercer. Like you got teams like Western. Western was pretty good. It just it yeah. I mean, they upset UTC at the end. That's what I'm, like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you have to go through a like a loaded like SoCon schedule, and it was just all the guys on the team just believed in each other. Like long, like we believe that we like if we can like we believe that like long as we go out and do what we got to do, we know we're the bet we're know we're the better football team on the field, and it's just like that's one thing that we made sure that we like. Harped on, like, all right, bro, we got to do what we got to do. Like, we know how to play defense. Like, we, we've been through, like, spring football, like, with each other. We've been through fall camp. Like, we know if we're, like, at our, if we're performing at our best, we know how dominant our defense can be. And we knew yeah. it. And we just had to, like, realize, like, all right, you may hit some form of adversity, but, like, it's just not like – and when you hit adversity, it's not the time to, like, just shut down. That's the time to be like, all right, let's keep going. So- I've got a question because what changed between last year and this year when last year, what did you finish? Was it four and eight and y'all are five and I? Yeah, it is clear the recipe for success for Sanford is if we have a middle of the road statistically conference defense, we're unstoppable. Yeah. That's how it is. It, so is that what changed you think? Because last year, and I think it was like five games that we lost that were single score games. Yeah. And this year we won five games that were single score wins. Like what changed that helped you guys believe that y'all could win the SOCON? Was I it your preparation? Say, I would say, yeah, preparation was one of them. But I would say our mindset was to finish games. Well, if you look at it, like like you said, last year we lost, like, what, five games by a one-possession game, like overtime games. And it's just – you look at it and it's like, all right, we we didn't finish here. Our offense go out and they score 50 points a game and we give up 56. That's not – that's not – we're not going to win. Yeah, and it's like, right. <laughs> we had, if we had some form of, like – like, we like we we look at it like, all right, but like, if we give our team – our offense a chance to score more, like to score more, than we win. Like if we hold a team to seventeen points, and our offense go out there and score forty. 
that's a win. Like, I mean, that's hard so, to do. It's <laughs> a win, and it's like, as and then like as the season went on, our defense lived on the bend don't break model. Like, yeah, we give you like if you look at the stat sheet against Furman, we gave up what five hundred passing yards. Like we gave up a ton. They just throwing the ball over the place, but they didn't run the ball. We didn't give up twenty yards, and they couldn't score. So you can throw the ball all you want. If you can't score it, you can't win. And that's how we looked at it. And then like hundred percent. When it was when we played Mercer the last regular season game, if anybody would have been like in my shoes, like at that at that moment when like Mercer had the ball with like a minute and thirty seconds on the what two yard line, yeah, <laughs> like, all right, over. We're like all right, our season now, like we're not probably we're not gonna be outright SoCon champions. It's over. And the defense, like if you just like would have felt the vibe of the defense, like everybody knew on defense, like all right, we gotta make a stop here. Like mm-hmm. we have to, and that's what, and we've like, and we've been in situations like that, like in the beginning of the year, like go back, I'm backtracking a little bit, like when we played Western, they had the ball on the three yard line, trying to score, and we shut them out on the three yard line. They didn't score, like, boom, like that, like you don't score right there. And then like when Mercer was, they tried to run the ball, they tried to throw the ball, then mm-hmm. like, they get down to third down, they throw mm-hmm. the ball, and they get a pass interference. So you're like, all right, so the downs reset. They got three timeouts on the three-yard line. We we get a tackle for loss. They have to burn a timeout. We stop them. They have to burn another timeout. They can't yep. run up right. Now they got – we like then, like, we get out there on defense, and we're out there with 10 players at one point, and we had to burn our last timeout. Like, no, nah, we're – like, we're not – I'm looking at it like, oh, God, we're in trouble. Like, it's – and we that's crazy. And we stopped them, and they had like if you would tell anybody that story, like people be like, "In no way, y'all stopped them on a two yard line." That game was awesome, and that yeah, stop was, was incredible. And we started then we go into overtime, and then like we're like, "All right, we got to keep biting away." They score on their first play in overtime. Then we score, and we and when we scored in overtime, that's when Harris had his little yeah injury. He his got wrist injury, and. Yep. It just that was like, oh, we're in trouble now. And then like defense go out there, we stop them, we come back and we block the field goal that they was finna go up. Which was freaking awesome. That, man, that team. game was so exciting. And then we have to put in Quincy. Our I'm new cool. favorite player. And listen, yeah, we've given him a lot of home. shout outs. We love Quincy, Tay. We I, love like, Quincy. Quin- I love Quincy. Quincy's like a, a a younger brother to me. And then like a little brother to me. And I took him in, like under my wing. He came in, he was a walk on and Quincy is just like I told Quincy, I was like, Quincy, you have the talent to be on scholarship. It's just what you have to do with it. And I was like, Quincy, I'm telling you, you will get a chance. I don't know when, but you will get a chance. And then like he became the backup quarterback. And I told him, I said, see, you will end up getting a chance. And when that happened against Mercer and he went in and just was ready when his number was called. He had to feel some big shoes that actually – it probably goes down as probably the like, biggest play in Sanford history. That play would definitely be like – I agree. That play, Absolutely. That play will be replayed everywhere. I replay it every week. Whenever – that's what I'm saying. Like, whenever you go to – it gives me chills looking at it. Like, whenever you yes. – anything about Sanford, he scored and win the ball game on base of a walk-off touchdown. And it's just like, yeah. all right. And then cool. his press conference after. It's like – Oh yeah, you know I I prepared to be the starter. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Coach throws me in, I'm ready. Yeah, it's, it's like, like if you I like, love this guy. Yeah, if you but if you, if like if y'all just like talk to Quincy, you would realize Quincy's probably the most humble, like laid back person you would ever like 
know like you ever meet. And it's I love just that. Which and is like, crazy because he's a stud. Yes, he's a yeah. great player. And like the other day, like I got word from like a few guys on the team. I wasn't around the facility as much, but they was like everybody was cleaning out their locker and stuff like for the break. And one of the guys said they saw Quincy, and they was like they could manager was like, "Hey, congrats being put on scholarship." Quincy didn't tell nobody. Like he didn't like. Oh wow! Oh, that's yeah. awesome. He didn't, I was like, wondering if he got on scholarship. Man. Yeah, he got he got put on scholarship. At that oh, that's ex- that's so exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, that's just, big like, time. And I'm pretty sure, like, he hasn't said nothing to nobody. And I'm pretty sure, like, Coach Hatch will announce it when everybody get back. But yeah, it was just like, wow. Like, and then like, everybody was like, you know, Scottish was like, yeah. He was like, bro, you ain't going to tell nobody? He's like, bro, it's a, bro, it's a big deal. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a huge deal, deal man. It's, like, a, huge bro, it's deal. a huge deal. You on scholarship. Like, this is what you came to college to work for. Like, you got it. Like, whenever hires leave, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean – Hires a stud. Don't get me wrong. Hires a stud. Like he's a, he's yeah. We're excited the, that he's coming back. Yes, Hires are going to be the starting quarterback next year. He will like long as Hires like to know that Quincy's there and Quincy. That's the yeah. thing. We're also very excited for twenty twenty four when we get to yeah. see Quincy take it over. Yeah. So when that's what I'm saying. Like when it's time for Hires to like leave Sanford and move on, the throne is going to be handed down to Quincy and Quincy going come in and do what Quincy do. And, like, everybody has seen that Quincy is capable of winning a ball game in a big-time moment. Like, he's he's ready yes. to prepare. The first home playoff game in Sanford history, he just casually strolls out there, 400 yards, five touchdowns, 100, like 100 yards on the ground. No picks. slinging what? it. No in picks against game? one of the best. I mean, I mean, it was you, But, like, in that game, you know, like, Hire started off like, trying to play. Mm-hmm. And then, like, some went Which wrong. we love. Like, Hires is tough. We yeah, love the fight, you know? Like, he, has, he was like, hurt in the, in the North Dakota State game. And he's like, you know what? I'm going in. I'm going to give our team a shot. Yeah, he got, like, Hires, Michael Hires, like, his heart is, like, bigger than anybody. Like, it's it'll take – it's his heart is what, like – he probably don't have, like, the most athletic ability, but, like, the heart he has will help him. It lacks – it, like, it, it makes up for, like, the – and him not being able to run as much. He has heart. And he yeah, was, he's a competitor. He's a big-time competitor. And, like, when he went in at Southeastern and he didn't – he tried to play. He threw, like, two passes. He looked at the sideline and looked at Hatch and was like, I can't. He was like – he told Hatch, yeah. he was like, put, put Quincy in the game. This is who going to win us the ball game. And it just, like, the, like, leadership that hires, like, shows – Hires didn't pout when he went out. He did nothing. He made sure that he went over there and helped Quincy be successful. And it That's was just awesome. like, that was a That's good awesome. thing, like to see on our team. Like you got guys. All right, yeah, you probably want the shine. You probably want the the like the awards and all this stuff. But if you can't go, you just like all right, you got you know like all right, put the better person out there. I'm he's better than me. Like I'm hurt. I'm like can't do this right now. And he was just like he would make sure he would tell Quincy. This he would tell Quincy he was he was helping Quincy out with stuff. He was just telling Quincy what he saw. Like just that's it cool. That was good stuff that you would that you would like that you need from like a starting quarterback. And it's just going into the NDSU game, like I we didn't know if Hires was healthy. Hires didn't know how he felt. And Hires told me personally, he was like, I'm be honest with you. If I would have started out that game against NDSU, he said there's no way he said there's no way I would have been able to finish it. He's like, I was in pain. That whole second half, like trying to—that's like, crazy. Is I was trying my best to like give us like 
the points like score. He's like, I was trying my best. He was like, I was in pain the whole time. He was like, I couldn't. He's like, I couldn't play that whole game, and that's one reason Quincy came out there. And they got. I mean, even when Michael was in, we knew he was hurt, right? Like he threw a pick on his first drive. It was an overthrow. We knew like not not healthy, but even still. Still balling he out. Threw, he had an, an incredible stat line to finish the game yeah. against, uh, what was it, top five defense in America? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Michael's a beast. We're super – we love our quarterback situation. Let's be real. We love it. And we love Quincy. We joked uh, – I don't know, was it last episode or before that? So we bought this, the new Sanford jerseys, and Quincy's number two, and the Sanford jerseys are all number one. And we're mm-hmm. like, how can we get? How can we change yeah. this to number two? Like, we want a Quincy jersey. Yeah. Um, but before we before we finish up talking about National Signing Day, Tay, we want to hear about your recruiting journey because you know it's a different era now. The transfer mm-hmm. portal, you know, it's harder for high school kids to get recruited. It's so much more competitive. But what was it like for you? You know, small town Mississippi. Kind of walk us through that. Obviously, you you an incredible player. So was it easy? Was it hard? Like what kind of what happened? Uh, I would say that it was, it wasn't easy and it wasn't hard. It was probably like, I would say like, it was more like, it wasn't a disappointment either. Like I would say like, I thought I was going to end up with more offers coming out of high school, but I wasn't, I was what, 6'1", 270 pounds coming out of high school. And that's probably like, you're mm-hmm. not your average, like defense alignment height. It was just like, I knew I could play ball, and I knew I could play somewhere. It was just me getting the opportunity. And like I, like I say, like I tell everybody this story that, like, when Sanford first called me, I missed the phone call due to the fact that I was training to try to better myself, like to be able to play at the next level. I was training. I missed the phone call, realized, all right, let me check my – I checked my voicemail, and I had a voicemail from a coach, and I was like, all right. So I'm going to give this guy – I gave the guy a call back. He went through everything, told me about Sanford hype. Yeah, school and small D1 school in Birmingham. We just wanted like to reach out to give you a full scholarship. And I was like, all right, all right this is fun. I got a Division One scholarship. Like, all right, this, yeah, this, this is what I've, I've been waiting on. I told my parents, like, this is what I wanted. Then, like, after that, I started picking up all the JUCOs in Mississippi. Like, I started getting all those offers from different JUCOs. Like, if I wanted to go that route, I wanted to take that route or not. It was just, like, going through it. It was just me, like, Asking myself, do I want to take that route? Like risking, like getting hurt. Yeah, not I mean that's a gamble. It. Yeah, that was like that's a big time gamble. That's one reason I didn't go JUCO is because like if I would have went JUCO and I got hurt, now nah, I probably don't even have an opportunity that I had before going to JUCO. So that's why I was like, and it just Sanford like they stayed in touch with me. Like it was just like it felt like the place that I needed to be it wasn't too far from home. And then like received a call one night from a coach that was recruiting me. He was like, yeah, we really want you. Like, da-da-da, like, this is what we want. You're one of our top guys on the list. Like, you're one of our top priorities. And I'm like, hey, pretty sure. But he was like, I mean, we got a few guys on the board. Like, this guy here, too, he's one of our priorities. Like, we have, like, we need – we're looking for that one more guy. And I was like, all right, got you. That like, wasn't really thinking. I went and talked to my parents, came back, made the phone call, and I committed. And it was a big-time thing, committed to, to Sam. Had you ever been to Birmingham? No, I, I haven't. I've been through Birmingham. I've never been to Birmingham. It's just so I committed, and they got me up here. Came on my official visit. Like that's when, like I took, like when I committed, everybody was calling me. They was happy. It was like basically like almost like a party. You can hear it in the background of the phone. Like the guy stayed with some like some of the coaches. They all like 
It's got to make you feel good. Screaming, like, shouting. It's like, all right, this is where I need to be. This place, like, actually care about you. And that, like, my like, the biggest relationship I formed is with Coach ha- Coach Hatcher. He FaceTimed me just saying, like, he really, he was like, I rarely don't FaceTime anyone. I just wanted to reach out to you. He said, I'm happy to have you. Like, this is what I've been I've been waiting on. Like, we're ready to get to work. And he brought me in. And then, then like, Coach Hatcher, like, right now, if I need if, – if Coach Hatcher need anything, he will call me. If I need anything from Coach Hatcher, I will call him. He's just, like – he's been that guy. Like, I help him. He helped me. It just That's just, like, the type of relationship I have with Coach Hatcher. He's been, like – That's cool. Like, he definitely seems like that kind of coach from the outside, you know? Yeah, he actually – like, Coach Hatcher's the type of coach that actually – care for his players like that's one thing I was happy about being here at Sanford like it was not only just being on the football team yeah you came here you was a football team you was helping them like if you, your your success is just as good as their success like the more success you have the more success they have and they help them put food on their table and it's just like coach Hatch is like all right yeah you're a good football player but also like you're going to learn key like tools and tricks that's going to help you be a better man off the field like one day yeah you will have to hang up the cleats. And when it's their time to hang up the cleats, we want to make sure that you're prepared to not just be like, all right, football was all I had. Like, no, you're going to have all the tools in life to be successful. And, like, you can take the stuff that you learned from football and relay it in life. And it's just something that Coach Hatcher always instilled. Like, if you if anybody had the chance to meet, meet Coach Hatcher, talk to Coach Hatcher, he he's a great guy. He's going – he got some like, great words of wisdom that he can give you and, like, help you out with life. And it just being at Sanford was like it was it was great. Like my journey to get to Sanford was even it was great too. Was I was ready to get there. It was like recruiting process. I only had an only other division one offer I had was Southeast Missouri State. And that was about it. It was just, hey, I was here. Freshman coming in. It sounds well, like it you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they knew what they they knew what they were getting, it sounded like. They were on to something. Mm-hmm. Uh so I mean, I guess we can just kind of go more into the interview itself, Tay. Kind of for the listeners, tell us about your family, your hometown, kind of what it was like before Sanford. All right. So, as you as you all know, that I'm you, you've always like you even mentioned it. Coming from a small town in Mississippi, like the town I'm from is Florida, Mississippi. Is the population is probably what a little bit over seventeen hundred people. Oh, oh wow! That's small. It's not that big. It's like it's legit. Everyone know. Everybody yeah. know everybody in Florida. Yeah. That's how it is. And it's just like while where I grew up at, I grew up in a neighborhood. Like my I grew up in my grandmother's house. Like my grandmother's house was here. Her sister house was here. Like everybody on that that stayed on that one street was all family. Like everybody was family. Like it just, oh, that's I cool. love that. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's just Dang. like it comes from the old like the saying of like it takes a village to raise a child. And it yeah. just that's what happened like it molded me to become a better athlete like i mean like what, what else was there for us to do with like growing up like to keep us from being in trouble i mean like you play football everybody come let's go to tay house we're gonna go i had like a big backyard that was connected to family other families backyard and we just like like turn that into like a massive football field pretty oh sure. heck yes i'm pretty sure it's well over a, like <laughs> the actual <laughs> football link but we was out there like grinding it out like actually playing tackle football with no shoulder yeah. no helmet yeah, yeah, like if you get banged up, nicks and bruises, you fall on the stick, you crying, you get up, you go in the house. When you go in the house, what you gonna do? Sit in the house for the rest of the day where everybody else is? Like, you <laughs> yeah. gonna stop crying and go back outside? Stuff it up and go back outside. And it's just like that's what that's all we did. Like we football, basketball, we played a little like 
I wouldn't say soccer, but it was like kickball. Like we played anything, like anything to keep us like busy. I wouldn't again. say soccer, but <laughs> like keep that's us hilarious. busy. It was just like, and then like my hometown is just like you see so many athletes in my hometown. Like you'd be like, wow, like some of these guys that are in my hometown, like they talk about my hometown a little bit more. It's just like some of the guys that are athletes, they get stuck in my hometown, a small hometown, because they don't know what it's like to get out of like. Mississippi like they've never been out they wasn't been they wasn't able to like branch out and like that's the, like to live it like to give to my family like to talk to like talk about my family it's like I come from my mom and dad they're both young parents like my mother had me as at a young age and it's like you don't see a bunch of kids that like when their parent when their mother have them at a young age be so successful as like you it, it's something to go wrong like they're not they're not having it like correct like parenting and it just that's just like the way it is. Like that's how society is. Like, but my mother had me at a young age. She raised me right. My dad was there. Like, dad was there, made sure everything that like just raised me. They 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 went to work like to make sure that they had a roof over our head, like food on the table, gave me all the correct like things to do, like keeping me out of trouble, like not not letting me fall victim to the other things that some guys that was probably able to get out of Florida, Mississippi. But wasn't they got in trouble with doing something that they shouldn't have been doing? It just kept me away from that. Yeah. And um, for like me, like when I went to college, it was a big stepping stone. Like my parents were so happy. It was like, oh, he's going to college because they they was ha- they was not only happy that I had a scholarship, they was happy that I had an opportunity to graduate. And when I graduated, it was me becoming a first generation graduate from Sanford. Oh wow! Like that well, was, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like in my family, I was the first person to graduate out of like I think everybody. Like even my grandparents. I don't even think that's my grandparents awesome, graduated like college. And it was just like me going to school, getting a, edu- a great education, getting a great chance to play football. Like it just like left a like smile on my family face, and it just like coming from a young parent. I mean, like it wasn't I, my mom. My mother would my mother said, yeah. She said it was a mistake to have a child at a young age, but she said it's not a mistake. She said it was more of a blessing to have me. It opened her eyes up to like more than like life. And she was just like, she never calls it a mistake. She said, I'd never call it a mistake in my life. Other people might say it's a mistake, but she's like, it's not. It happened for That's a cool. reason. And it's just like, she was just happy for me to be able to go to college. Like I said, graduate and just like get away from like Florida, Mississippi. Like, not, don't get me wrong, I love my hometown. It just, being able to get away, branch out, come to Birmingham, meet new people, and they like grow my like the people that I knew, not like just not know the people that's from like that small town, like grow and just grow as a man and just become like who I am today. And it's and I, and I mean that's pretty much it. I'm like my family. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. All right, so, so you know, you're growing up, you're with all your family. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always want to be an NFL player? Yeah, I, mean, I, I said growing up, like from little league football, it's like I got attached to football. Like I said, like my I had a cousin that was in the NFL. Like that was my mentor. He passed away like two years ago. Surprisingly, it was a surprising death. Like he was a young age, he was like thirty three, freshly oh, like man, retired sorry. from the NFL. But I mean, it's I mean it's life. But it was and he like seeing him be successful made me want to be successful. Yeah, it was like all right that's something that I wanted to be like, I want, like, that's what I, I want to do. I want to be a professional football player. Like that's what I want to do. And then like, once I'm done with being a professional football player, I want to give back like people gave back to me. Like I want to like become a coach, help others be able to 
be successful. And it's like growing up, I was like, all right, I, that's what I'm going to do. Like no matter what, like no matter how I have to get there, I'm going to put my best foot forward and like just and grind my way out like to get there. And it's just, that's what I wanted to be growing up. That's yeah. That's awesome, I mean, dude. the fact that your cousin played in the, in the NFL is incredible. And the fact that you've made it this far mm-hmm. and you're on the doorstep mm-hmm. of the NFL is incredible. And a testament, I mean, to your drive. Like, what motivates you? Yeah, like I said, like, the one thing that motivates me is, like, I would say my family. They motivate me, like, the most. Like, seeing, like, it's nothing better than seeing a smile on your family face. Like, if that's my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandmother, my granddad. Like, seeing a smile on their face and making them happy is what motivates me. So that's why I said, like, getting to the next level is something that's, like, not only good for me, but it's good for my family. Like, because, like, they would be happy and they would be able to, like, they, they're, that's, like, them, like, living through me. Like, I, I want them to live through me. Like, them being happy is something that's just going to motivate me. I don't want to, like, let anyone down. Like, that's one thing that, like, biggest fear is, like, failure. Like, I want to keep going, like, in whatever it is. Like, if say if I, like, the NFL didn't work out, I got there. Didn't play as long as I wanted to play. Hey, now I got to move on to the next part of my life. And it's like, whenever I get in the next part of my life, I want to be the best I can be in that and like keep my family happy. That just one, that's, that's something that motivates me. Did they get to come watch you play much at Stanford? Oh, every home game. Yeah. Every that's home awesome. game. My family was Love there. That. They was making sure they would come there. Like that's one thing that they made sure when like, they probably didn't go to all like away games. Like they went to like, they actually like so like my parents are big on like being able to see like the bigger schools like the SEC schools. Then they went to those games like when we played yeah. like Georgia. Those are fun. Those are fun. They went to those games. You can't. Yeah, right, so, you can't right, miss so you out on that, that opportunity. Sorry, Mike. What you said? No, I was just say if you're a parent, you can't miss out on that opportunity oh, to yeah. see your son play at you know Georgia, or Florida, or what? what no. be it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Tay, you brought it up. All right. So you've obviously you know you've had a nice long career at Sanford. Yeah, played at tons of SEC, ACC schools. Mm-hmm. What's been your what, What's been your favorite one? I would probably say when I when we played Florida State, and that was was pretty like I was wild. Like, like when we like just seeing like the like the the horse that they had, that was wild. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and seeing like, and then when we went to Florida, just like all the stuff, like it was pretty. It was pretty wild in there too, but. Oh, the swamp. That's a whole nother level. Yeah, and one thing that surprised me is like like if you ever hear like the stories about the Fargo Dome in North Dakota that we just went to, that was hey now like if you would have seen like the stuff they had in there, like the lights, the fireworks they had. We almost Hey, you have no idea how much we tried to like. I don't even want to hear it from you two. I don't even want to hear it. (laughs) Hey, I had a flight booked. I was ready to go. Hey, and I couldn't a, get these two geezers to come along. He's a family man. He'll understand. My nephew was getting baptized that weekend. Priorities, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And Tay, hey, I came up with several contingency plans in case flights fell through. We were going to fly through Minneapolis. Back. We were going to fly through Minneapolis, drive to Fargo. Yep. Watch the game and come back and fly. You know, fly back. And as soon as the game started, I was like. Ah, I, w- I should have gone. Which Man, I don't want to hear gone. because I felt that the whole week. Yeah, it was a pretty nice environment. But, like, now I say that Florida State game it was a night game. 
you just seeing yeah. all that. See, that was the other, yeah, it was a night game. Like it was hype. Yeah, it was even was, on. I want to say it was like on ESPN too. Yeah, it was legit. Like it was like wow. It was. This is, this is what that like, was twenty thirteen fourteen. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Twenty. Yeah, you are, but we know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Math is 20, hard. Eighteen. I was thinking Not, high school. Yeah, yeah. We actually we all went down to Florida State for a game uh, back when we were in college because we got a friend who's a Florida State fan. Yeah, versus uh, uh, cool Citadel. No. no, College of Charleston. College of Charleston. Right. I remember, mm. I remember that Charleston got in trouble for some kind of recruiting violations and like half their team got suspended. So their bench has like 20 guys. <laughs> it was, I don't remember that. Yeah. I can't remember no? exactly which team that was. That stadium is a very cool environment though. Yeah. All right. So Florida state, Florida, those are your two favorites. What was, all right. So we were obviously students at Sanford. We went to a few games. I'm not going to like lie to you. We didn't go to every single football game. Our fandom has definitely picked up post-graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite – like, is there a, a sports tradition that you like? Like, my freshman year, for example, that was the year that the Bobby Bowden statue was unveiled. And so, for the Bulldog Walk, I was, like, the first one out there because Bobby Bowden was going to be in it. Like, got the high five from Bobby. It was awesome. Like, that has always been a fun tradition to me. But is there something that you really love – like, a tradition you really loved? I would say the biggest tradition I love is what we do after we win. It's just oh, like, okay, yeah. Talk I, about that. You all seen the videos of like Coach Hatcher saying, yeah. imagine being in Sanford Bulldog on a Saturday night yeah. after a big win. That's just like one of those traditions. It's like, if we're doing that, we're doing – if something's going good, like I mean we won. Yeah. We wouldn't do that if we didn't win. Yeah. Just, that's probably been my favorite tradition, like. It's those are always cool to watch. We love watching those. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's year, going nuts. Yeah, this year it was like, all right, we're on a roll. Like this is how we're gonna do it. Like to say the least, man. Yeah, <laughs> got tired of saying it. I'm sure. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Never got tired of that one. No, of yeah, course let's not. Keep, let's keep the the let's roll rolling. Coming, yeah. All right. So kind of on the flip side. So we all. Like I said, we all went to Sanford. We know Sanford has its quirks. What was the weirdest thing you found at Sanford or saw it? Like, what was what was something odd to you? I mean, it's probably really nothing too odd, but I would say the oddest thing to me, it was like coming from high school where football was like a major thing to everybody in the town. And like in yeah. my high school, like everybody was at the game. They stayed at the game. Yeah. Yeah, that was like all right. And then when I when I'm at Sanford and everybody's there the first half, but the second half you come back out, everybody gone. It's a ghost town. <laughs> You're like, what's yeah. going on? Like, why well, everybody gone? And there's like, all right, we got to figure out. Oh, Alabama games this. on. We got to figure out a way to fix this. And it's just like, all right. I mean, then I had like eventually and I that, got used to it. Is do you see that that's changing at Sanford? Oh, today? yes. Like I'm be honest with you. Like to speak on like y'all. I'm pretty sure y'all have heard. The uh, Cooney, that last name. Yeah. He's just a, a, just a few times. Yeah. Like that last name ring is, is big time at Sanford. He's doing a tremendous amount of like marketing to get students at the game. Like he's doing stuff like he's did that with the basketball, like with basketball now. We've noticed with, it with basketball. Yeah, big dude. Time. The basketball student section is actually hype. Yeah. It's from yeah. him. All that's coming from him. He's with football and then. And then especially that we started winning, like it felt like we got like got our fan base back, basically. Everybody started to come back. Like, I was getting like 
I was talking to guys that was on like team, like I was talking to this guy that was on like the 71 national team. He was just like a bunch of the guys that are coming to the game now was like basically vowed that they would never come back to a Sanford game, said that they would never be here, like didn't really want to come back. And it's like to see those guys like actually showing back up now. That's cool. Hats off to these guys. And it's just like some some guys saying they'd never come back to watch the team play. And now they're back, and it's just like I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure, like we win, the more fans we have, and that's just something that's something that we got to keep up at Sam. Absolutely, no, you're right. I, I no, you're definitely right. Winning obviously helps oh, everything, yeah. but there is something about this team. I think they kind of spark something at Samford. I don't like it's hard to put a finger on it, especially considering we're only a few weeks removed from the end of this season, and the lasting legacy this team will leave will is yet to yet to be seen, but. Mm-hmm. It does seem like something special has been started, especially because, and we talked about this, but something that hasn't really been always set in stone is like the quarterback continuity plan. Like we've kind of relied on transfers or guys that weren't necessarily on the bench as freshmen to step up in that role. Uh And kind of like the fact that everyone now knows who Quincy is, everyone knows that Michael Hires is an All-American. He's going to have one more year, and then when Quincy steps in, he kind of already has a fan base. Like it, I don't know. There's something different about this era that Hatch has rolling. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I think this era of Sanford football is the Sanford football that's going to be around for a long time. I'm going to be real. Well, we hope so. Honest. We love I'm it. Being, we I, hope so, yeah. I'm, like when I was like leaving like my exit meetings and stuff with my coaches, he was like, you guys came in and laid the blueprint of how it's supposed to be done in like football. Like you guys have put yeah. out – this is what it takes. This is what we're going to have to do to win ball games. And it's just something that's going to live forever. And he was like, y'all probably would go down in history as the, like, what? He said, probably the top. Probably the best team. team. He's probably yeah, the best I mean, team in Sanford history. Y'all have done some stuff that hasn't been done before. And it's just like, y'all have laid it the way, like, all right, this is what it takes to win a conference championship. Be outright champions. Mm-hmm. Play oh, to set that culture. Game. Like, just, like, the culture of the team. Like you said, like, set the culture. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what – this is not, no, like, the old Central football. Like, yeah, we have losing seasons, but we're not doing that no more. And it's just – Coach Hatch know, like, all right, this is what it's going to take, and it's time to be back. This is what it – it just – I mean, it took time. And it just – It did. Watching, like, just being there – me being there, like, my – the years that I was there, just like, all right, just seeing so much evolve and, like, Everybody come around and just like, all right, this is what it's going to be. It was no, awesome. Excited. Yeah. It's, it's, we definitely fun. think you helped lay a foundation. I mean, if we could have 100 Tay Berries, oh, yeah. we'd be national champions. <laughs> I mean, uh, I we've just, seen videos of you in the in the uh, huddles hyping everybody up, you know? Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was like, I mean, I just came to do what I do. Like, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to say, like, I'm listen, I'm just gonna give you my best. I want you to give your best. Like I told every like I told the guys, I'm like, man, look, I'm, I'm gonna give you everything I got. Like, if I need you to go in for me, I need you to give everything you got. Like, that's what yeah. that's what I need. Like, I can't have you going in and not giving your best. Like I got tr- I got faith in you just like you got faith in me. And it's just that's how it is. So I mean yeah, I'm sure like because you- like you, you were here for five years, and like with with the transfer transfer environment right now, 
like you're getting guys coming in from from different programs and different cultures and to have guys like you that that not only have, have been, been there from like a leadership perspective but have also like been on the field to to yeah. try to set that culture for the transfers to come in and, and you're just like hey like i know you're new here and like you're gonna get minutes but like this is this is how we do things at sanford that's got to be really important yeah it was it was very important and it's like to see those guys come in some of those guys are probably older than me, but like see some of those guys actually like listen yep. to me and lean to me to like be the voice of the team was like kind of eye opening. Like, all right, like if you give your best effort, like you're gonna be the team is gonna be like good. And like my D line my defensive line coach this year, he like came in and he like he he said something that stuck with me. He was like, The pace of the leaders lead the way. And it was just like he was just saying, like, if you like if y'all set That's a good thing. Yeah, he was like, if y'all set the pace, y'all will, y'all, yeah. everybody else will fall in line. Like he was just saying, like at the D line, he was like, if the D line is playing good, everybody else have no choice but to fall in line behind you. And it was, yeah, we played good, the defense played good. If we played bad, yeah, you it showed that we played bad. Like it was putting us in bad situations. We what we, we were giving up stuff that we shouldn't give up, and it just showed. Like that's that's one thing I can say that like it brought it out of us. Like all right, this is what we got to do. And like leaving Sanford football, like one of my best friends, like like who's probably going to be the best man at my wedding, like Joe, like Joe Mary, like he's still there, like he got one more year, and it's like leaving, and now he, like I came in with him, been there this whole time with him, played D line with him, started with him, all this stuff. Now like two seniors are leaving, like we basically like handed the throne to him, like look, it's your turn, like I'm be, I'm being honest with you, like the coach is going to look at you for a lot more than what. They look. They probably. They're gonna probably look at you for a lot more than what you think they would look at you for. And there's just something that yeah. that you have to do. Like, like, listen. This is like you got to step up and be a leader. You have to. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're definitely looking forward to the years to come. You know, you know, we're losing a ton of seniors and a ton of leaders. But it sounds like you know what y'all have done will will last more than just this season. You know, yeah. It'll it'll last for seasons to come. Yeah, I hope. And the taste of winning, you know, the taste of winning is there. And they, now, now we're like, it oh, we got to go to the playoffs next year. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They got to go back <laughs> yes. and beat it. They still haven't – like, I say, we, yeah, we won, but we still didn't get the respect that we wanted from the SoCon. We didn't. Right, right. If you look at the – got to keep winning. Yeah, if you look at the, like, all so, like the SoCon, like, all SoCon players, we had, what, like, for, like, five max from our team. Yeah. And we I were, think, yeah, Hires was the only one in one of the out oh, offense. That's what I'm saying. There's one wild. that came out today. It was it's wild that Hires was the only one. Like then, like on defense, we didn't have a many many players that we thought we would have. Like the guys was like, all right, we got. Schmidt. Yeah, it seemed like UTC kind of cleaned house. Yeah, yeah UTC, UTC had, had a bunch. bunch. Which is like, yeah, they're good, but I mean, we they destroyed the playoffs. <laughs> we yeah. were throwing haymakers at them. Yeah, but whatever. All right, I've got a question that uh, is not football related. We were talking about food earlier with Christmas and stuff. Birmingham is like a food city. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize that when I got there, but there are so many good restaurants and like hidden gems in the city of Birmingham. What is your favorite restaurant in Birmingham that we need to know about? Uh, I would say this is like the restaurant, like the that's some good restaurants here. I've been going like I'm pretty sure. Have y'all been to Soho Social? No. Soho Social. Yeah, that might be new. Yes, I think I have. Newer. It's I don't know Jim gets one. around more than us. Yeah, it's pretty. 
it was pretty good. But like being here in Birmingham, I start I like I realized like just seeing like it's not about like the restaurants. I've been going to places like like different food trucks and like up up and coming restaurants. The best tacos that hey, I've ever hey, had. Have you been to the taco truck. truck? Which one? By Red Pearl. Is it the blue? No, no, not next to Red Pearl. Next to the, no, no, it's in but the it's, gas station. It's in that, it's on that road. I, I've been to listen. I go to a bunch of the taco trucks. Like if I find one, I go to it. The you know, you know the, the Chevron gas station on Green Springs. Yes, across the that's street, the that Green Springs. Thank you. Yeah, across yeah. the street. That talk that taco truck, the blue one. Uh, blue. it's like no, it's, yeah, it's blue. I think it's blue, right? Yeah, Is yeah it blue? it's blue. And and that's the one that listen. That's my favorite one. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and it's uh, like being here. Like, also, I've been finding other food trucks that, like, all right, this food here is delicious. Like, there's another taco food truck called like Fat Charles. He has like the best tacos that I've had. And it was like this one that I seen is like Travis Chicago style, like beef. It was pretty good burgers that I had. And I've been trying those. It's like it's a bunch of stuff. Like those food trucks. I'm telling you, if you can, if you see one of them. And it looked like there's a bunch of people around. I'm pretty sure that's one of them that you should try. Give it a try. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so Birmingham obviously has a ton of food. Uh, guys, are there any questions? Any other questions you all want to ask Tay about his, his time at Sanford or, or anything else? I don't think so, but it's been incredible talking to you. And I know you're getting prepared for the NFL draft. So, you know, best of luck going throughout that process. I'm sure you're going to be training hard for the next several months. Oh, yeah. But it's been incredible talking to you, so we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's been awesome, Tay. Yeah, thanks so much, Tay. Best of luck to you, man, and hope get to talk to you again. Oh, yeah. Or just yeah, see, you at a, or see you at Sanford, you know, at a football game yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime. I appreciate y'all helping me on. It was a it was a fun time being on here, just being able to talk. I mean, I appreciate it. Anytime. If you, need, if you guys need me for anything, just y'all have my contact. Just hit me up, and I'll send out my number so y'all can call me or – Text me if y'all need me to do anything else. I'll send it to y'all. Awesome, dude. Likewise. It was awesome, Tay. All right, thank, thank you. you. Merry thank Christmas. you so much, Tay. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas to y'all. So that was Tay Berry. That was awesome. Wow, what a guy. What a guy. He was so, I mean, so fun to talk to. I feel like we need a Tay Berry jersey now. <laughs> we do need a Tay Berry jersey. We need jersey. a Quincy jersey, a Hires jersey, a Watson a jersey, a Berry you know, jersey. Unfortunately, we need to talk about it while he was on, but he has, through his NIL deal, he's got his own products so you can buy Tayberry shirts sweatshirts hats what uh yeah dude. oh we we should have well, well we're, we we're giving him the plug now, now. we're giving we're him the giving plug it, now. we're giving yeah. him the plug now that's sick so hit him up on his uh instagram you i'm gonna look that up after the show merchandise is, merchandise is available for sale that's awesome yeah no it'll be ah uh, it would be freaking sweet if he makes it to the league yeah it'd be fun to i mean we talked about it but so many sanford guys that have made it and it's just i mean probably like more than you'd expect for the size of our school right oh easily yeah yeah. All right. So before we get to shout outs, Michael, you're going to have to talk us off a ledge because we've been watching almost every other SoCon team pull off some big time non-conference wins in basketball. Some games I'm we not... pointed out last week, UTC beat M- MTSU, which was big, 82-73. Furman beat Stephen F. Austin. Nice win, 72-70. UTC then lost a few days later to Belmont, 83-79. I mean, they kind of went through a grinder there at the end of the season. Lost like the next one to UGA, 72-65, but all really tight competitive games. UTC's looking good. Wofford, though. Wofford, oh, yeah. the big win in college. Michael, what did I say? Like first, second episode? Didn't I say College Station is a black hole for for winning? All right, it's one game, Sam. But you did say that, so I guess I got to give it to you. And I was high on AN. 
because they, I don't know. I was high on them because Tennessee. Oh, because they made the year. SEC Conference Final Tournament last year, whatever. Yeah, well, they suck. Wofford's awesome. Wofford's, yeah, Wofford's coming in stride. Guys, I called it at the beginning. Walford is my is my team to look out for. Samford got what's a polite word beat by Belmont seventy nine to fifty six. We're running out uh, of words. Yeah, we'll, we'll to get describe to describe this drought. ETSU though were almost my favorite. Like I love Walford beating A and M, but I would have loved it even more had the Buccaneers upset LSU in Baton Rouge. Oh, big time! They lost by four. Heartbreaker. Ugh, what could have been. And then Mercer. Mercer with a nice win versus Troy, 82-79. The SoCon, everybody but Sanford seems like they're getting their nice non-conference win. Michael, You remember at the beginning of the season how we talked about Sanford had a really easy non-conference schedule? Yeah. Well, and I think we'll take last year. year. So here's the thing, guys. Let me just lay out kind of the facts, right? So we start off the season 6-0. and No quality wins, really. It's expected. It was great. To be it's nice being undefeated. We're getting cocky. Jeb's talking about an at-large bid like he usually does. And then Quez Glover gets hurt, and he's yes. been out for seven games. Well, yes. guess what? We've lost seven straight. So now we're sitting at six and seven, and we're done with non-conference play. I am a little nervous, but the bright side, a couple things. A little nervous. A couple things. Quez Glover's been hurt. Cooper Cephas has been hurt. So those are two of our starters. Two two guys that show composure at all times, which I think this team needs right now. Because if you watch them, it's just kind of chaotic on offense. Um, and what offense? We put up 56 against Belmont. So I, I, I pulled the numbers, and it's this is embarrassing. During during our during our our offensive numbers have kind of remained steady. Even without Quez Glover, which is like good to see, our field goal and three point percentage numbers have stayed somewhat consistent. I mean, they've dropped a little bit. We're over the last couple of games, we're hovering in like the forty percent field goal range, like thirty twenty to thirty percent three point range, which has been like pretty consistent the whole year. Uh, Belmont game is an exception. We shot thirty six percent from the field, uh, but really, what's changed is our defense. So during our six-game winning streak to start the season, we were only allowing 60 points a game. During our last seven losses, we're allowing 80 points a game. So that's really where yeah, these that's losses are coming from is a 20-point spread on defense. But, Michael, isn't that because of the competition has stepped up? It, yeah, no, you're totally right. The competition's picked up. I mean, our hardest games have been uh, you know, so Belmont, Louisiana, UCF. I guess but you're even, right. Like even better that our offense hasn't dropped off, right? Like you would expect the offense to drop. I mean, off do you think do you think Tennessee up. Southern was good competition because they scored eighty four? No, 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 no. But us. that's that aside. Like that. And I will say there were you know there were two overtime losses, so the, those numbers are going to be inflated a little bit. But losses are losses. Points, but losses are losses. As South Carolina State scored sixty two points on us. Yeah. So the South Carolina State and the Tennessee Southern, those kind of the two games were. It obviously is not higher competition. So that you can kind of chalk up to just like the skid and the bad momentum, whatever. But the other games like Belmont, like we got drummed. Yeah. And, and you know, the first half, like we stayed like it, it never looked like we were the better team, but we stayed score score wise competitive. And then they kind of took away with it towards the end of the second half, at the end of the first half and second half was just history. So we really need to get Quasic over back. I don't have an update on him injury wise. And I, I mean, I'm a little shocked. Like 
I'm, you know, we know Quez Glover is an incredible player, one of our favorites to win MVP this season. I did not think he was a seven-game losing skid impact type player, you know? Like, no, I don't think any of Especially with Bubba Parham coming in, I felt like we could replace him at guard a little bit if, if he ended up getting hurt. But the bright side, I never, I never mentioned the bright side to this. What's the bright side, Mike? Last year. That we're done with non-conference? What? Last year we won 20 games and we started conference play on a losing skid. So maybe it's just but like. But we beat Ole Miss teams. and Oregon State. In... Yeah, but, but we so we beat but those were also close games we won all of our close games we were like number one in luck factor in the whole country this year we're like dead last so some of that has to do with luck like winning the it's close terrible. games but the fact that we went on a winning streak went on a really long losing streak to start socon play and then finished really strong maybe that was just maybe we just hit our losing streak a little bit early this season you know Maybe we take Christmas break and we come into stride and we dominate SoCon. Who knows? I mean, you're right. Who knows? It's nice that we start against Mercer, who is technically ahead of us in Ken Palm and net rankings. We have well, plummeted. It's a home game for us and they're favored. Both of those. Yeah, it's not not looking like the season we thought. Furman and UTC are looking as good as advertised. Uh, Wofford and yeah. UNCG are also looking super solid. But Sanford's kind of fallen in. Yeah, they're hitting their stride, Wofford and UNCG. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely solidifying kind of their what their identity is, what their strategy is going to be, how they – like pretty much everything you would hope for out of a non-conference schedule, Wofford, UNCG, UTC, and Furman are getting out of it. Teams like Mercer, Sanford, ETSU are not. Now, we all knew Citadel and VMI and Western Carolina. We, we knew those teams were in more of a rebuild, and maybe ETSU as well, but not not what you want for the old Bulldogs. I mean, they just have to do – I mean, we already talked about it, but they just have to do well in conference play. You're right. No, you're right, Jeb. And it, he, it wasn't, that, well, they just have to do well in the tournament. Right, like win the conference, make the tournament, have fun, right? Uh, at large bid, probably not – at large bid, probably not happening because Remove of the, the probably. All right, it's not happening. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you want to two know weeks ago? Two weeks ago, <laughs> I was saying probably. Yeah, we were now like, I'm saying stat, guys. it's not happening because of the not how poor the non-conference play was. We only have we have now, zero. They were, they were, we played teams. well. Not I'm not just talking about Sam. We're talking about the SoCon. We the teams played well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've it like just competed. wasn't enough, you know. Right. We didn't capitalize on the few opportunities that we had to capitalize on to to make, you know, make make it happen. Yeah, the SoCon now has, well, it never had a quad one team. Furman was always flirting. We only have two, let me repeat that, two quad two teams. That's not good. The majority of our conference is in, the, is in quad three. Quad two is pretty good, though. Yeah, no, we need the majority to be in quad two. Right. And we're not. Not even Furman, our kind of shining star. Well, where do you think that leaves us? Do y'all like – so we all said Sanford to win the conference at the start of the season. Now that we're done with non-conference play, who do you think is going to win the conference? I think Bothwell and Jake Stevens are going to battle it out for player of the year. I think Furman squeaks by UTC in a rematch of last year. UTC second. A, Go ahead. A question. Does the player of the year, SoCon player of the year – only consider SoCon stats, or is it all-season stats? 
I think it's all season. If that's the case, Jake Stevens is running away with it. I mean, yeah, he's been named SoCon Player of the Week almost every week. I think all but one. It's taken he was, other he would, other like news outlets like Mid Major Madness and other people to highlight Bothwell's success, which is kind of irritating. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Wofford winning the really? SoCon. Yeah. Riding the hot hand. Well, if you remember in our preseason or early season predictions, like that was one of those middle tier teams that I was like, they could win the SoCon and they've been playing well. They're seven and oh at home. Yeah, that's that's my call mid at this juncture in the I season. I want to do that so bad, but sorry, y'all they don't have win tournament or win regular season conference? Yeah, the tournament. The turn like to like, conference oh. I was thinking winning the regular season, but yeah, being the conference champion, well, sure, let's go with it. I want to. Wofford seems like the most balanced. Like Their weakest link is stronger than UTC or Furman's weakest link, but UTC and Furman have the star power. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm between Furman and UTC, and it's really about Furman's more balanced team versus Jake Stevens' dominance and the fact that they've been playing Jake better Stevens. and better every game. Is it sustainable too? I don't know. Like I doubt it. Students. See, that's the thing. I don't. I still. I, he's the he's only a thing little cheat code. He is. I think the only thing I'm confident about is that Furman is the most likely to win the conference. I'm gonna have to go but, with Furman just because the balance. They're a seasoned team. You know those two seniors. So, so yeah, Jed, you're going Wofford. I'm going Wofford. I like it, Jed. Do I need to go Chattanooga just to not be the same as Sam? And that way, it's like fun. No, no, because. You want to be right, Mike. But it's no, more fun to be no, right. Do you want to share the conference championship or do you want to no. win the conference championship? You want to win. I would rather win it than share it. So I'm going to go what? UTC. They're going to finish fourth. Mark my words. I'm going to finish get... fourth in overall conference standings. No. They may finish third, but they're not going to finish fourth. Uh-huh. I'm going to is going to find themselves. They're going to find that offense that Now Sanford's going to have to re-earn their belief, my belief in them. Yeah, I I Fully agree. The talent ob- is obviously there, but uh, and, and that's not what's, putting it together. The talent is what gives me hope because it's all about the tournament. And if you got talent, you can win tournaments. So that's all that matters. But can they put themselves in a position to, you know, seating wise to win that tournament? All I know is that conference play starts. Sanford Mercer, a few days after Christmas, the real season begins. That's right. All right. So with that, boys, let's finish up. And do our shout outs for the week. Michael, who you got? I hope I, that we don't have the same one. Does you just have to do the ETSU? Nope, it does not. All right. Uh, my two, my, well, two shout outs both go to ETSU's golf program because they have two former golfers who have received invitations to play in the 2023 Masters Tournament. Shut up. Who? Adrian Meronk and Seamus Power. Might have to go put a little little dollar bet down on them. Uh, one is Polish, one is Irish. But uh, yeah, two, two of them received invitations to 2023 Masters out of 50 players total that were invited. That's exciting. So yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, go Buccaneers, baby. Buccaneers golf. Jeb, who you got? Well, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the shout out, you're always trying to go. I'm, I'm, I always default think to football and basketball. And then Michael comes in with the. Yeah, Michael golf comes play, out of left field. You just got to follow is, their 
Twitter pages and something will come up every <laughs> right, week. Right, right. But, you know, it's I really would like to give a shout out to any of the guys that are going to spe- be spending time after graduation working on – they already are, but working on getting ready for the, the NFL. And yep. uh, you, I'm not quite sure. I'll need to check. Maybe this is good stuff for the next episode, but looking at, like, who's maybe invited to the Combine and then yeah. – also, those who you know are going to be participating in pro days. Some of some pro days of or workouts have already occurred with scouts, probably. But pro days will be coming yeah, be around coming shortly. And uh, then you've got the Reese Senior Bowl, which I think Sam you mentioned. Maybe we're going to try and go down there. Yeah, if we can get some more SoCon guys there at the time, we have McClendon Curtis, uh, UTC lineman. Right. <laughs> if we can get two real football players uh, we might go down there dude i know in fantasy we don't like uh kickers but they win games punters are so do punters i think punters are exciting punters flip the field man nothing more exciting than punting it inside the five yard line i like just going for it on fourth is that what you do in madden (laughs) you're one of those uh yes so my shout out to finish up this one's gonna be obvious the walford men's basketball team all right giving Giving the SoCon a much-needed win over the SEC after several close losses. Love to see it. Love that it happened in Aggieland. Love that it was the, the smallest Division One team in America. Oh, they I really? Mean, something like that. They're like, like, in terms of student body? They have like five students. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they do. And they all play basketball, apparently. Yeah, I mean, the Wofford men's team. Wofford men's basketball team. Going to College Station. Beating the Buzz Williams SEC tournament runner-up team. I mean, A&M's not a bad team. They were ranked at one point in the season. Yes. As all A&M teams are, they begin the season ranked and end unranked. But still, like, yeah, that's really cool that the SoCon had. I mean, Wofford was so, so close. Games. They should have beaten Vanderbilt. They beat A&M. Uh, and I want to say there was one more game they could have won. Wofford was really close to having just an incredible non-conference. The SoCon in general, like we had like Penn State, Clemson, oh, yeah, dude. LSU, the fact, so Arkansas, Penn State and Georgia. Virginia Tech, two teams that Furman lost to that could have beaten. They're both top fifty net rank. Yeah. Which is absurd. Furman, like yeah, the SoCon oh, what could have been this year for the non conference, but it's all right. moving on to conference season. The good stuff all that matters now at this point. But yeah, congrats to the Wofford men's basketball team. My favorite one of the season by far. And with that, our first episode of the State of the Bulldogs is over. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Merry Christmas.